I consider it an, a real privilege and an honor to, to bring God's word to you this morning. There's so much in my heart that I want to, want to say this morning, so I'm just going to pray that Holy Spirit's going to lead me. Early hours of the morning, I woke up singing that song, Lord, you are more precious than silver. Lord, you are more costly than gold. Lord, you are more beautiful than diamonds and nothing I desire compares with you. And, and then when I woke up at the normal time, I was still, the song was on my heart. And you're gonna, just as an, a way of introduction into what I wanna share this morning, as you know, we've been doing the Beatitudes and I'm gonna be doing verse of eight, we'll get to that. Something I just feel before I pray is that I'm gonna ask you this morning to position yourselves to hear from Father. He's already spoken. But I'm gonna ask that as the word comes, you will allow him to speak to you because it's, I'm just merely the vessel here this morning and uh, to bring the word, but I'm trusting that you will open up your hearts to hear what it is that he's saying to you. Over the past couple of months, uh, some of my friends know that the Lord's been speaking to me about new wine and um, based on the scripture found in Mark 2 verse 22 and speaking about new wine and the Lord wants to do a new thing. He's doing it, but can you feel it? He's doing a new work in our hearts. And that scripture, if you've never read it, it's quite a, quite a long one, but the gist of that scripture, I'm gonna read it. It says, and no one sews a piece of unshrunk cloth. This is from verse 21 on an old garment. If he does, the patch tears away from it, the new from the old, and a worse tear is made. And this is the part I want to emphasize. No one puts new wine into old wineskins. If he does, the wine will burst the skins and the wine is destroyed, and so are the skins. But new wine is for fresh wineskins. Mark 2, 22. And I feel like the Lord's saying he's wanting to do a new work in our hearts this morning, if we can position ourselves to receive the new. And you know, if we go back to Old Testament times, wine was stored in leather wineskins. And when these wineskins became old and brittle, you couldn't put new wine into those wineskins because with the new wine, it would ferment, it would stretch the wineskins, it would burst, and then the wine would be, would be destroyed. And I feel like the Lord's saying is that he wants to take our wineskins and he wants to make us new. And you know, the way they had to make those wineskins new, they had to soak them in oil. Isn't that incredible? How symbolic, soaking in oil. And you know that oil is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. And I feel like the Father even wants us to soak in his presence so that he can prepare us for the new that he wants to do. And this morning, as I speak, and I'm, I'm gonna pray this now, because the Lord's told me to do quite a bit, and I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna obey him throughout this service. I'm gonna pray, but I'm gonna ask you to take a moment because the Lord knows exactly where each of us are at. You don't have to fake it with Jesus. So we're gonna bring our hearts before him and we're gonna ask him to open up our hearts and to open up our ears to hear his voice this morning. So won't you pray with me? Oh Jesus, here we are. And we wanna position ourselves this morning to hear your voice. 
Lord, you know exactly where each of us are at in our walk with you, our relationship with you. Lord, won't you come and speak to us today? Won't you come and ignite our hearts? Won't you come and bring refreshing? Lord, we desire this news so badly. And we want to be ready for everything that you want to pour into us. Thank you, Jesus. Won't you just tell him where you're at? I feel like the Lord is saying to some individuals, won't you take your eyes off your circumstance right now and fix them on me? You felt like you've been sinking, just as Peter when he got out the boat. He was looking at the waves and worried about what the people were saying in the boat. Like, what are you doing? You're getting out of the boat. And he started sinking. But the minute he put his eyes back on Jesus, he didn't sink. Fix your eyes on me. I feel like Jesus saying that, fix your eyes on me. Thank you, Lord. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak through me this morning. I welcome you. I thank you. Thank you for your presence, your tangible presence in this place. I pray that I would decrease now, Lord, so that you can increase. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, I'm very excited about the word of God this morning. He's so amazing. And I just want you to know, if you're visiting with us this morning, It's not by coincidence, you are here because Jesus has a divine appointment with you this morning. And um, I trust that as you've opened up your heart right now, you will receive everything that he wants to say. Um, As I mentioned and as Ant mentioned, we've been doing a series on the Beatitudes. And the portion of scripture that I'm going to be speaking to you about this morning is found in Matthew 5 verse 8, which is, blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. But I want you to have a look at the Amplified version there. It said, I I, I just love reading from the Amplified Version. It says, blessed, anticipating God's presence. I'm going to stop right there. Anticipating God's presence. And that's what we've been doing this morning. We are blessed. We're anticipating God's presence. Spiritually mature, set apart, honored. Are the pure in heart. Those with integrity, moral courage, and godly character. For they will see God. It's a powerful scripture, isn't it? And you know, when we look at that scripture, the one thing that sticks out for me right there is that God is interested in our hearts. God is interested in our hearts this morning. And you know, I'm I'm taken to the scripture in Samuel where I actually wanna read it to you. 1 Samuel 16 verse seven. This is when, when Samuel was, he went to go and choose king of Israel and went to Jesse's sons and some of you are very familiar with this. And he got to Jesse's sons and he, he actually, you know, scanned them. And as he got to some of them, he was like, surely this must be him because, you know, because of how they looked. You know, they, they were handsome, their height, their stature. And this is what God says to Samuel. He says, do not consider his appearance or his heart, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance. But God looks at the heart and you know so often we can 
put a facade on. We can pretend to be somebody we're not. Or um, perhaps even, and I'm just going to be very vulnerable this morning, maybe even as a leader, you, you've been through a hard time, but you see some people and they ask you, how are you doing? You're like, oh, I'm so well. Thank you so much. I'm so well. And meanwhile, your heart is breaking. And we fake it. But I want to say this morning, God sees your heart. He knows exactly the condition of your heart and where you are at. So that's what he wants to touch this morning is our hearts. In Matthew 23, verse 25, Jesus was addressing the Pharisees. And listen to this. He says, the Pharisees were the religious teachers of the day. And he said, great sorrow awaits you, religious scholars and Pharisees. You are like one who will only wipe clean the outside of the cup or the bowl, leaving the inside filthy. Shouldn't the one who cleans the outside also be concerned with cleaning the inside? You need to have more than clean dishes. You need to have clean hearts. So we can see that the Lord is, he's interested in the condition of our hearts this morning, which takes me to the word purity in that scripture. Blessed are the pure in heart. If we can go back to that scripture. If we think of what the word purity means, those with integrity, moral courage, godly character. I looked up some more definition on purity and purity is unblemished. It's um, pure. You know, often if I think of the word pure, I think of the color white. Here we have a blank piece of white paper. I'm trusting it's got nothing on it. This is unblemished. Now I just wanna show you something. If I just do I'm making it bigger than usual because I want you to see. There's a little black dot on there. Can you see it? That small little dot. You think, oh, it's something so small. But this piece of paper is not unblemished anymore. And if you think about the various things that can, and, and I felt like the Lord said, don't focus on the things that bring impurity. The opposite of purity is defilement. You know, and let me just say this to you right now. The enemy will do everything he can in his power to blemish our hearts, but there's so much. The world draws us in with so many various things and I'm not gonna focus on all of that. And you can see just by this little black dot that the smallest thing can cause defilement. When I looked at that, I just thought, wow, Lord, because that scripture says, those that are pure in heart will see God. But I look at this and I think, Lord, how am I ever going to be pure in heart? Because I've messed up. The Bible tells us that we've all messed up. For all have sinned and fall short of the standard that God has set for us. How am I going to be pure? And I felt the Lord show me Jesus. Jesus is our ultimate example of purity. And we heard in that scripture in Hebrews about Jesus who knew no sin. He became sin so that we could be in relationship with God. So I wanna say this to you this morning. Yes, our hearts might be blemished, but we have Jesus. And when we are in relationship with Jesus, and this is what I felt like Father saying I need to focus on this morning, is our relationship with Jesus. When we are in relationship with Jesus, we can stand before the Father as pure, because Jesus is pure. So if I had to read that script and say, blessed, anticipating God's presence, are those that are in intimate relationship with Jesus, have encounters with Jesus, for they will see God. The word tells us that God says, Jesus says, I and the Father are one. 
So if we get to know Jesus, we get to know the Father. If we're in deep, intimate relationship with Jesus, we can see God because he's the one who is pure. It's almost like if I had to take another piece of white paper and just put it over this one. Jesus makes us pure and we can stand before God as righteous, clean, pure, a beautiful, pure bride. Isn't that amazing? Which brings us to our relationship with Jesus and I wanna come back to, and this is what I feel like Father wants me to focus on this morning, is this new wine that he wants to do. He wants to pour new wine into us. And I, I, as I'm standing out this morning, I, I feel I need to say this. I'm sorry that religion has killed it for so many of us. Religion is a set of rules and laws and the do's and don'ts and do this and don't do that. And we become so stagnant in our relationship with Jesus that there's, there's no life. And I'm sorry religion has done that, but you know what? It doesn't surprise me because if I was the devil, I would do that too. I would think, well, what can I do to draw people away from Jesus, give them religion, let them get hurt in churches or let Christians hurt each other and blame each other for this and that and they move far away from God. Religion has killed us. And not, well, killed it for us, the, our relationship with Jesus. And you know, you know how many people say, oh, you're religious? And I've said, no, I'm, I'm not religious. I'm not religious. As I'm standing here this morning, I'm gonna tell you I'm not religious. I'm in relationship with Jesus, a life-giving relationship with Jesus, and he brings life. And just this morning, as I was leaving the house, my family came around to pray, and to pray that the Lord would really open up hearts to hear what it is that he wants to say to us this morning. And as we ended off in prayer, Mikey said, it was quite amazing, Mike said, wow, mom, just want you to know I've just seen a beautiful big eagle and I'm like wow my boy that's incredible because you know the word tells us that those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength they will run and not grow weary they will walk and not faint and that scripture those that wait upon the Lord shall rise up on wings like eagles so I left and came here, I was with Joel, and as we got out the car, I closed the car door and Joel went, mommy, look. And there on the school building, right above us, was this beautiful big eagle just sitting on the roof. Isn't that incredible? How amazing is the Lord? And it just confirmed that Father wants us to wait on him. You know, some versions and translations say, those that stop, those that wait, those that reflect, on the Lord shall renew their strength. And there's some of you that are sitting here today and you feel like your heart has become hard. You feel like perhaps you've been through a very dry season. And you know about God, you know about him, but you haven't encountered him. And you know the word encounter just means to meet, to meet with him. And you know, on Tuesday night, as I said, when I woke up in the morning, I clearly felt Father say, I want you to lead them into encounter. And this is what an encounter is. An encounter is when you experience Jesus, you can feel his tangible presence. You know, we've said, I've said this to my children so often, especially when we come to, to Sundays. I, I almost try not to say it too often now because I don't want it just to be something that I say, but I always say to them, guys, I want you to position yourself for an encounter. And what that means is I want you to position yourself to meet with Jesus this morning. 
You know, we can have encounters in our workplace. I was with a colleague this, this week, and things get busy, especially as a teacher, things get busy. You know, you, you're dealing with classes, you're dealing with people, you're dealing with parents, you've got to prepare lessons, you've got to mark. Backwards and forwards, break time is such a short, limited time. And we were walking from the staff room to the classroom, and I said, we can have an encounter right here. It takes us one minute to have an encounter, literally, from the staff room to the classroom. You can position yourself to receive from Jesus. And I want to encourage you. That's what we're going to do. I feel like the Lord has, has told me we're going to, we're going to have a moment where we, we position ourselves to, to receive from him. The other thing that on Tuesday night when I woke up early hours in the morning, this, I got a few downloads, was I had a clear picture. It was like a dream. And a person was standing on the side of a door. And the door opened. And the person walked through the door. And as they walked through the door, I heard Jesus say, and it's John 14 verse 6, if you know the scripture, he said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Jesus is the door. He's the way. We don't have to try and attain purity in our own strength. We just need Jesus. Blessed, anticipating God's presence. That's an encounter. When we anticipate meeting with Jesus, blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are those who meet with Jesus, who are in intimate divine relationship with Jesus, for they will see God. I don't know where you are at this morning. Maybe you've been saying to the Lord or to other people, you don't understand, and I want you to know this morning, I don't. I, do, I may not understand your situation because each of us are in a different season in our lives. But I want you to know, the lover of your soul, he understands. And I feel like as we're gonna spend some time and wait on the Lord, that's what I feel like he's told me to do this morning. There's so many other scriptures I can read to you, but I feel like the Father wants to meet with you because I can go on and speak so much this morning and you can leave here and not be changed. But Jesus, come, Jesus can come and give you one word and it can change your heart forever. And I wanna read a scripture from the Passion Translation in Revelation 2. So listen carefully to this. Revelation 2, verse two to four. You can go and meditate on it at a later stage. I know all that you've done for me. You've worked hard and you've persevered. I know that you don't tolerate evil. You've tested those who claim to be apostles and proved they are not, for they were imposters. I also know how you've bravely endured trials and persecutions because of my name, yet you have not become discouraged. But I have this against you. And I want you to listen very carefully. So yeah, you can see in the scripture, done all the right things, haven't tolerated evil, tick that box, tick that box. And God says, I have this against you. You have abandoned the passionate love you had for me at the beginning. You know when somebody's in love. I have a friend who's in love at the moment and it's beautiful to see because your entire countenance changes when you love. When you're in love, you're, it's like you can't stop telling others about the person that you're in love with. It radiates out of you. And I feel like some individual sitting here this morning, 
your hearts have grown cold. Yes, you, you know God, but you haven't had an encounter with him where you can, you can literally tangibly feel his presence. And church, can I just say this morning, it changes you. It changes you. You know, and we need these encounters every single day, not just on a Sunday when we come to church and we get into worship. We need them every day because, you know, in an instant, our focus can go like this, just off the Lord. And that's why I think the Lord reminded me of Peter this morning. He said, every day when we are in his presence and fix our eyes on him, everything else falls into perspective. Everything else falls into perspective. A verse that Ricky read last week, it's something that the Lord has been really ministering to us quite a bit in John 14. It's a powerful scripture. It says, loving me empowers you to obey my word. Can I say that again? Loving me. Jesus is saying, loving me empowers you to obey my word. And you know, this is our map for life. To be passionate in love with Jesus is to be passionate with his word. Jesus, Father, this is one, this is like Jesus speaking to you. Loving me, all we have to do is love him, be in his presence every day, and it will be easy to obey this. And you know, I want to say for the younger generation too, because I have teenage children, I feel like, wow, the things that they have to contend with, I feel like we didn't have to do that when I was growing up. Yes, we had, we had difficulties and struggles that we, we had to deal with, but I hear the things that are, are, that are going on at school and just amongst the youth, and I'm like, wow, that is, that is hectic. I'm on some, a few teenage groups, and parents are saying, my teenagers are impossible, and I'm not coping with them, and can't wait for these teenage years to be over. And young, young teenagers... Are, are, are involved in things that you wouldn't even want to imagine. Getting drunk, sleeping around, it's become the norm. It's not the norm. The Word of God teaches us how to live our lives. And that's why I say to my children, I've said to them, you can't base your relationship with Jesus on dad and mom and where we at with Jesus. You've got to have your own encounters with Jesus. And I've often said this to teenage parents, Help lead your children into encounters with the Lord because when they've had an encounter, when they've had a moment with the living God, they will not be distracted by the things of the world. They will not. Because when you've tasted the Lord, when you've been in His presence, when you've tasted Him, nothing, nothing I desire compares with you.